So as it was uh, alluded to earlier this morning, uh, Pastor Ken is not with us, and so I would like us all to welcome uh, Matt Zotarelli. He will be preaching for us this morning. Well, good morning. Um, as many of you know, Pastor Ken has been preaching through a service about being made new, and he asked if I would pick up the ball from there and continue it on this week while he's away. So I'm going to be preaching uh, out of the book of Luke in chapter 7, verse 11 through 17. And as you're turning there, a little snippet into what this is about is um, as Jesus is traveling, he actually comes across a funeral procession. And during this time, he, it goes on to Lou to talk about the mother of this funeral. Uh, it's her only son that actually has died, and she's a widow because her husband has passed away as well. So Jesus is overcome with compassion for her. Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17 is where I'll be reading, and it is on the screen. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nian, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear that they were carrying him on, and the bearer stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news, this news about Jesus spread throughout Judah and the surrounding country. A couple years ago, I was given the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Haiti. And before I was leaving, someone approached me about a week, two weeks before, and asked if I would um, put all my stuff in one bag instead of the two that we were going to take down to take a bunch of belongings and um, different things for the hospital down there. And they actually asked if I would just take this one item that would take up the entire suitcase. And I decided, yeah, sure, I'll take this down. And um, it turned out it become very handy. See, while I was down there, um, like I said, there was a Wesleyan hospital there in, on the island of Laganov in Haiti. And the doctor was like, hey, Matt, today I'll be doing a C-section. And if you'd like, you can come in and, you know, participate. Well, not really, but sit there and, and watch. And, and um, I am not a medical person. I don't watch medical shows. That's not really my interest. So I wasn't kind of really sure about this, but the leader of my group was like, Matt, this is like a pretty cool opportunity. You don't get that in the States. Like, how often is that going to happen? So take it and go watch The Miracle of Life. And so the doctor was like, Matt, nothing to worry about. This is an easy procedure. This is like her sixth child. So he's been through this before. Um, Fifteen minutes, we'll be in. Well, it'll be done, and we get to witness this awesome experience. So I'm like, all right, you convinced me, I'll go. So while I'm there, the next thing I know, it's an hour. It's two hours. It ended up being like a two, two-and-a-half-hour-long procedure because major complications happened. The baby was not in the right place, and all these things went wrong. And during the procedure, the mother actually started to flatline, and so did the baby. And they had to start doing a blood transfusion and put them on both in oxygen. An issue, though, is the church only had one oxygen tank. So they had to put the baby on it and then roll it over to put the mother on it and then roll it back. And it turned out that the machine that I took down with me was actually an air compressor for medical use to take um, normal oxygen air and put it into tubes for them to, to breathe out of. And the doctor asked me to run and get it from my room, and I brought it back. And we were able to put the baby on the machine and the mother on the oxygen. And this 
saved both of their lives, actually, and they both are still alive today. So that was an amazing thing that I got to be a part of. But in that process and how this tie- that story ties into what I'm talking about is I was a complete stranger in there. I had no ability to help out in any medical sense. Uh, I have CPR, and that's about it. So <laughs> I, was, I was completely useless. All I could do was pray. And that's all I was able to do. And in this sense, I was a stranger to the whole process and a stranger in the room. And Jesus is a stranger to this woman. He has no idea who he is. He's never met her. She's never met him. He's going to this town for the first time that um, you can look at all the stories. And yet he decides to help her out because he's overcome compassion for her. And that's what I want to talk about today is becoming strangers in our area and becoming a stranger to those around us and being made new like Jesus was and, and is in our life. So if in our passage, jumping into, into that, we see first in chapter 12 how it talks about Jesus being overcome with compassion for her. Um, we need to become strangers that are overcome with compassion as well. Uh, the story uses the word went out and to talk about his him becoming completely overwhelmed with his compassion and be wanting to just love this woman so much that all of him was filled with this compassion that he just was fully loved on her. It um, also talks about in the Greek word, it uses the word pathos to talk about this. And this is a kind of cool thing to see because as some of us know, the Greeks um, had many different words to just for some of our English words that we only have one. So we would say the word compassion, and that, that would go from like the lowest level to the highest level of compassion. And the Greeks instead, like I said, have many different levels, and they had many different levels. And the one that the author, Luke, chose when writing this book was the word pathos, because it was the highest level of compassion that was existed in the Greek language. Just another way that he wanted to demonstrate that Jesus was so loved for this woman that he had pathos for her. So that's just another cool little like history snippet there. I love that stuff because the author knew that, and it just wanted to demonstrate to us the different level that um, Jesus had for him. Another way that uh, it's cool to look into this story, looking into 12, talking about how uh, 12 and 13 is Jesus loved this woman was a stranger is the history behind it. Um, in this type of setting, we see... Uh, the funeral happening, dead bodies were perceived to be unclean and unhealthy, and you couldn't be around them. So it talks about how they were leaving the area to go out um, to out of the village and town. This is a common thing they would have done. They would have taken the burial, they would have wrapped the uh, deceased in a linen cloth, and then in some type of wood or hay, and similar to like we would put them in a coffin, but not as structured. And they would have walked him out of the village or the town to be in a separate area that's not around those who are living because it was unclean to be around those who are living and those um, who were dead you could not touch or anything. Yet Jesus knew these norms and knew these types of things and went up to their deceased body and put his hand on it to decide and to show that this this person is, I'm going to bring him back to life, he's still clean, that He's still worthy to me, even though he has deceased. It's another way that Jesus challenged the norm. And another way to kind of like understand that is it would be like us at a funeral for uh, a family member or someone that we're very sad about, but in walks this teenager just wearing flip-flops, shorts, and like a weird raggedy shirt and being completely um, a nuisance, just loud. He'd be outside of our norm. 
And we wouldn't know how to handle that. But yet, Jesus in his time, that's basically what he did. He went up to this this child and touched the deceased body. And all of the barriers carriers were completely in awe. They didn't know what to do. And that's just another way to look at that. It's like, just to distress how much of outside the norm this was for them, to see why they were so in awe. Because if, if we don't understand that, it's hard to understand, like, why would it be such a big deal for him to touch touch this deceased person when it's something that we would commonly do at a funeral. So, yeah, as becoming strangers in our area and in our lives, we need to become strangers to the norms that we would fit into. Jesus walked up to this person, and he didn't care about the norms of the society. He didn't care about the norms of what people would think. And that is something that we can sometimes be caught so up into, is what do people think about us? What do people care about us and think about us? And living with our life out in Christ, are we allowing God to dictate for us and decide for us what we're going to do, or are we allowing those around us? Are we not allowing the work that Christ has been done in us instead of allowing um, this work to live out through us fully? Um, Jesus' love for this individual was so strong that he went up, and with his power he saved this individual. And the verse talks about in 14 and 15 how the boy would actually just sit up and would actually start talking to him immediately. So it's, it, uh, some commentaries went on to talk about how it's impossible for someone to say that this was just a reaction of a deceased body, like a muscle, or for someone, uh, something that he just had a complication after the deceased thing, that he actually stood up and was completely healed by this work of Jesus Christ. And something that I really enjoyed about this, and I think it's something really cool to pull out, is about the, this, the reactions of the barrier carriers, how they were completely in awe and shocked by everything that went on, how it says at first they stopped and they still and they stood there. They, they didn't know what to do. But then they were overcome with praise and they started worshiping him and saying, this is a great prophet who's come. And I started to ask myself, what would I do in that circumstance? Would I be able and to understand? Would I be able to give this to God? Would I be like, here it is, a work of Christ. This is amazing. Or would I just want to start dictating different things and trying to understand what was going on and use our modern science to figure things out? Would I be able to, you know, think through what has been going on and be like, you know what, this is beyond me. This is beyond what I can do. This is God and fully giving it back to God. Does God have that power and that authority in my life that I believe in the ability call of these miracles that he can do? Does, do I give this ability back to God or am I limiting him? So that was some things that challenged me about this and realizing that I need to become a stranger to this world in that, way, in that sense to realize that I, we only live here for such a certain amount of time. We're only here for between 80 to like 100 years. But yet, as those who have been made new and understand and given our lives fully to Jesus Christ, we understand that we are expecting to live a life in eternity after this with Jesus, and that we are not just for this world. This is not our home. This is not our place. But yet, our home is in eternity with Christ. And understanding that and living that out fully and knowing that we don't need to be so caught up with these things that happen in life as well. Another thing that I've really noticed in this story was that the mother had given up. She was done. She didn't know what to do. And the people around the area were as well sad for her. And it talks about a large crowd had gathered with them. Because they knew for her as a woman, this was it. She didn't have a husband to take care of her. She didn't have 
a son now to take care of her. So she was going to lose everything she had. For a woman at that time, she couldn't provide for herself. She couldn't be in charge of land. So for her to lose her son would mean she was about to lose everything. But yet Jesus gave it back to her as he gave the son back to her. Jesus gives our lives back to us as we give our lives to him when we ask to become made anew and ask him to come into our lives. And that's just another way that we are changed and strangers to this world because we own our lives and we dictate what we do with our lives, but truly we are not in charge of our lives and our paths. So we have a different path for us that God has set in, in place for us. And so we are strangers to this world and strangers to those around us who don't know the power and the love of Jesus Christ because of this. And we need to be able to live that out and understand that and live through that so that if we come in contact with people that um, are going through hard times, who are going through poverty or having medical issues, that we are overcome with compassion like Jesus was for them, overcome with love for them, that we would go up to them and be willing to pray for them or to ask them if they want prayer, be willing to just not just be like, oh, that's so sad, I'm sorry, and that's it, but to actually have an overwhelming pathos, compassion like Jesus did for them and to love them. Living this life out as strangers to this world that we know the true love of Jesus Christ in our lives, that we can shine that like a light to those around us. Becoming true Christians in the light that Jesus is shining through us instead of us shining through in our things and our actions. Jesus really is the great, a great prophet, and I loved how the story continues to go on to say afterwards they praised him, and then the story went on to go out all over. It spread it throughout the country that this miracle has happened. And I started to question myself about things that happened in my life that have happened with God. It was, do I continue to talk about them, or do they can kind of fall behind in the, past, in the past? Do I realize and give this great news that I know of Jesus Christ, how he has saved my life and saved all of our lives for those who believe, and am I sharing that with people around us? See, these people were influenced by this so much that they continued to go and spread it. And that's how this word of Christ spread back then, from word to word, mouth to mouth. And we need to be like that too, spreading this good news and understanding it fully in our hearts and going up to people and through love and compassion, spreading the word of Christ and loving on them. And so easy in many ways to to read these accounts of these people and to say, well, that, that's common for them back there. They had Elijah and they had all these different things going on that they should be used to people being raised from back to life or these miracles happening. But that's, that's actually a misconception that the timeline that happens between from prophet to prophet and from land to land would be so vast that not everyone would commonly see these things, even though it seems easy to think that in the Bible that we need to be more amazed by that too, to realize the simple things and the large things that God has done in our lives and to be able to be amazed through these things and to be able to give the glory back to God be like, this might be small, but God was in it. Meeting my bills for this week, God was in that. Meeting this medical decision, God was in that. And fully praising God in every way that it might not seem like a huge act, but yet it was. And seeing like a minute thing that the doctor was like, oh, well, this pill could fix you. And giving instead of saying the doctor fixed me, realizing God was in this and God helped with that, that he was part of everything that was happening and giving a praise back to him. Like these people gave the praise to Jesus in every way that after they realized what was going on. See, as I was reading this through, I started to become challenged and started asking myself some different questions that 
really helped me with deciding how to go with the sermon and how how much of my life was actually living as a stranger to this world. Was I living in the norms of everything or was I living my life out differently? Uh, one of the questions I asked myself was, am I changed and made new from Jesus? Has what he's done in my life completely changed me? Is it noticeable? And in everyday actions, my conversations with people, is God relevant there? And the words I speak and the thoughts I have, is God relevant there? And is Jesus' love relevant there? Another question I started to ask myself is, is my compassion for those around me full like Jesus's was? Am I overflowing in the love of God and Jesus and all my actions? When I see someone on the street, do I have compassion for them? Do Am I willing to limit myself to talk to them and to pray for them? If I see someone going through a hard time, am I willing to actually feel the pain that they're going through? Or is it just a low-level type of sympathy that I'm giving them? Because Jesus felt the pain of this woman. His heart went out for her, that he fully was embraced by what she was going through, that he had no other desire but to help her. Am I living a life that's like Jesus in that way, that I'm feeling this compassion for people? Another question that I challenged myself with, and I'd like to challenge you guys, are we trying to fit in to this world too much? Are we trying to worry about what people think of us in this society, or are we like strangers to this world, understanding that this isn't our home forever, that we have a place that we're going to after this is where our home is. Our home is with Jesus Christ. Instead of living out the society and trying to fit in everything, are we challenging the norms of our friends when they say they want to go to these things or do this stuff or they allow their kids to, understanding that we go through different stages in life, that we don't need to always allow our families and our, li- our children to do the same thing as others because we don't live by the same standards. Are we allowing what they think is okay in our political situations to dictate what we think is okay? Are we living this out in strangers, being made new for this life that Jesus has given to us? Another question I ask myself is, are we living out the truth day to day? What are we doing, not just um, destined for this world, but destined for Christ? In my actions, am I volunteering my time to help those around me? In my actions, and my, my free time, am I doing things that honor Christ? Am I doing things that are for me, like am I when I'm tired after work, do I just sit around or do I find things to do to help others? Or am I loving God with all my spare time and what I watch and what I, what I say and everything? Am I honoring him in all those ways or is it just for honoring me? Another question was, am I made new from this truth that works Christ? And that's kind of an underlining question, this work that Christ has done and, and this idea of being made new. That when we come to Christ and when we believe in him, we should feel and know that there's a change in us. There should be a visual change in our life. It doesn't need or shouldn't happen instantly. But for this boy, it was. He was deceased and instantly he was arrived again. But for all those who weren't this boy, they would have had this change in them too. For they witnessed this great miracle and they have realized the power of Jesus. And their lives were changed as they went out and they started to tell people about it. Our lives been changed, and are we actually believing and living this out, or is this just a a back front of our fire in our lives that comes out in sporadic times, or is this the overpowering life that we are showing to all those around us? And my last question: Am I being the light in this dark world? Am I being a light in Northampton? Am I being a light to those around me? Am I being a stranger to Northampton? and to my area that I live, showing to people in my actions that I'm different 
not trying to be better in any circumstance, but being there, being the person who's willing to be a servant leader by just sitting down and helping them out with whatever they need. Or if they need me to help out with a situation, I'm willing to be there. Am I showing a light of joyfulness in my actions? Am I showing a light of happiness in my actions? Or am I not? See, Jesus has another really cool thing that happens here. When he actually went up and touched the boy and um, and showed that he had these feelings for them, he challenged the norms of the society, not just in touching the boy, but actually in showing the emotion. See, at this time, the character and what they thought of God was to be someone who was so far away that didn't actually feel feelings. They believed that God couldn't feel feelings, and that was outside of his nature. Because the idea and the thought behind this process was if God can, if someone can make you feel a feeling like sad or sorrow or even joy or happiness, then they at that instance have the ability to manipulate you. So if God was someone who was able to have feelings, then you were able to manipulate God. And that obviously is outside of God's character. God is the all-powerful and above all things. We have no authority over God to manipulate him in any way. So then they would say, well, then feelings is outside God's nature. God cannot have feelings of compassion or sorrow. But yet Jesus, in this demonstration, challenged their laws and their norms and challenged everything that they thought would be true by showing this love and this compassion that shows that he was fully human, fully God, and yet he still had compassion, still love, that we are people who need to be like that as well, strangers to the norms and the laws of the Jewish law, and then strangers to our lives today and our norms and our common laws, living it out, challenging these things, living in a life that is following the way that Jesus has laid down for us to live our lives, following the way that Jesus has structured for us to live. It's completing, completely limiting ourselves to him, allowing him to decide what we should and shouldn't do through our lives as we follow him. So as I went through that, I was trying to decide the best way to end end this and I wasn't so sure because it could have gone so many different ways and I like I said these questions I asked myself was challenging me and it isn't one of these things that's like okay here's a sermon that I wrote for this week and I've delivered it so I'm done but these are things that I would I am planning on still asking myself daily am I living a strange as a stranger this world am I living this out in my life so these questions that I asked myself I hope that you continue to ask yourselves that and challenge yourself that are you living this out, this new life that you have in Christ out in your daily actions? Are you made new that you're different than who you used to be? Are you made new that you're living a light in this world instead of the, uh, instead of the same way that you might have before you knew this relationship with Jesus? Is your relationship with Christ so evident in everything you say and do that people notice there's something different about you, that they are drawn to ask you, What's different, or why are you so happy, or why why do you seem different to all the rest of my friends? So I'm I'm just going to pray us out, and I I want you to challenge yourselves. As God has really challenged me this week, and is going to continue to push these questions on me to live out my life as a stranger to this world and being made new for this process of following Him, limiting myself daily to God. So will you bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to to come here and speak this morning, Lord. And more so, I thank you for your love and compassion that you do show to us, that you show to this woman in this story, but also that you continue to do things daily in our lives now, that you're not a God who did 
these miracles back in the day, but you still do them today, Lord. We see you living in our lives and people in our church and the miracles you do for medical things. We see you providing for us weekly and different financial reasons, Lord. We know that you, you love us and you care for us, Lord. So I pray that you would continue to show your love and compassion for us, Lord, in all of our lives and actions, Lord. Pray that you'd go with us throughout this week as we leave this place, Lord, and that you would challenge us in our norms, and you would challenge me in my lives, in my action, my, my life, in my action, Lord. That all of us would feel you, your presence, Lord, and that we would go with you. You'd go with us, and we'd go with you as you take us on our paths that you have laid out for us, Lord, and desires that you have for us, Lord. In your name, Amen.